0: Hi there, so I have a little bit of a bonus episode for you this week. This episode is actually a repost from where I was a guest on somebody else's show. I was a guest on a podcast called The Entrepreneur Journey. And the focus of this interview turned out to really be an awful lot of chat about AI and how business owners can leverage AI rather than become victims of it. And it was such a great conversation, I thought... I'm just going to throw it in here as a little bit of a bonus episode. So this isn't replacing anything. This is simply just an extra episode this week. I hope you enjoy it and I'll see you on the other side.
1: Welcome to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur show. Today on the show, Susan is speaking with Bob Gentle.
0: The people who will succeed in the next five years, I'm gonna call it, are what you might call the AI whisperers. The people who are really embracing these new tools and this new reality. The way I look at AI is, do you remember back in the late 90s, people like me used to say, "Oh, you should get on the internet. It's exactly the same. That This is what we're talking about right now is if you're not embracing these tools, the advantages go to the people who are, and that's at every single level.
1: Hello and welcome to Small Business Financial Freedom. My name is Susan Crichton. I'm a sole practitioner accountant based in Aberdeen. Business is called SJC Plus Zero Accountants. And today we're talking to Bob Gentle. Now I've known Bob for a long time,
0: years I think, Bob now. Many, many, many years, yeah.
1: But I'm not gonna introduce you, I'm gonna let you introduce yourself. So tell us
0: a bit about yourself. Yes, well, I'm also from Aberdeen, as you might be able to tell if you're listening. I left Aberdeen a couple of years ago. I live in Glasgow now. My business is predominantly helping experts to build, market, and monetize their personal brand. So what does that actually mean? Well, it's often said that a brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And a personal brand is the same thing. Everybody has a personal brand. The only issue that most people have is that they're not in control of it. So part one of my job is helping people take control of their personal brand, what people are saying about them, whether it's in conversation or even if it's just a conversation in the mind of of one person. And then to grow that so ideally lots of people know about you and that you can then turn that awareness into money. So my clients tend to be authors, consultants, content creators, people who are really, really good at a thing, and then they want to turn that into money. So at the one end, that could be working with a a, a small consultant. At the other end, it might be somebody who's built a YouTube channel with an audience of millions, but they're not making any money. And then everything in between.
1: And I would hate to think... I would hate to know what people talk about me behind my back when I'm not in the room.
0: (laughs) I don't think I would like to know. The mistake a lot of people make is that they leave it to chance. They, They take no control of that whatsoever. And the majority of the work around that awareness part is really looking at content, content marketing, what you might call thought leadership. Lots of people, especially entrepreneurs, they want to be thought of as a thought leader but the mistake they make is they don't make any attempt to lead with their thinking, to express themselves online. And that's why all that's really left is the bottom feeders gossip. I think everybody, if they're in business in a local community, people do talk about them. And a lot of the time, what the people who speak about you are the people who are jealous or the people you've maybe annoyed. We've all left we can't have 100% positive sentiment in the customers that we've worked with in the past. And if you leave everything to chance, what's left is the people who are saying negative things about you, because if you're not taking charge, then I, I can't remember the statistics, but something like, for every one person that's going to say something positive about you, there are 10 people who will find something negative to say about you. Yeah, sad. So you can very quickly turn that around just with being intentional about driving these conversations. Yeah, it is sad.
1: I wanted to talk to you about, because AI is very much in the the news and people are talking about it just now. And I've just done a poll on LinkedIn asking people whether they use it in their business. And it's been quite interesting because the choices I gave were, let me try and remember, I think it was yes, 100%. Yes, a little bit. No, not quite sure whether I want to sort of thing. And no, you know, beware of the robots sort of thing. It's the two middle ones that are coming out. Yes, but not 100%. And no, but, you know, I'd maybe like to. But I think... Think. I don't know, but you tell me, but I think we use a lot of AI already in business.
0: We, we do, but I think we don't know that it's happening. So if you have a Netflix subscription, for example, AI is suggesting what you might want to watch next. If you use Facebook ads, and we can come to this a little bit more deeply later on, but AI is deciding which ads you're going to see in your Facebook feed. buses and transport systems are being influenced by AI as well. So we're experiencing AI, but we're not necessarily in the driving seat of it a lot of the time.
1: But When I think of AI, I think of things like, you know, I've got a cloud-based accounting package and I can upload, well, I mean, you've probably got the same, I can upload invoices to an app. And once I've told it, you know, this invoice is for, and I want it to be posted here, it remembers that. And to me, that's partly AI as well, isn't
0: it? It is, but it's an order of magnitude different from, I think, what people are now referring to as AI. Okay.
1: There,
0: there are really, there's there's two types of AI that people regularly refer to. And a lot of people, when they develop software, especially if you go back two or three years, they would declare that they were using some AI, but it really wasn't. It was just kind of clever software. Okay. It wasn't artificial intelligence as we're actually understanding it now. True AI is essentially a, an entity that can think for itself and it has a degree of creativity. So true AI might be something like, I think what what you were describing is essentially rules-based. So you establish some rules and those rules will continue to be followed. Okay. There's not much improvisation. Yeah. No what we're looking at in things like ChatGPT and Bard and a few other of these big AI tools, they are much more intelligent entities that can think for themselves and interpret what you're asking for rather than simply follow the rules that you give it.
1: That sounds scary, Bob.
0: Well, (laughs) unless something changes, there are good reasons for why it should be scary. Okay. But the guy who's, I can't remember his name, but the guy who's in charge of ChatGPT and OpenAI at the moment, he's trying to lobby for some controls to be put in, in order that there's essentially a governing body that dictates, that essentially licenses companies to, to use AI the same way that we would license, well, they, they would license in America, perhaps not very well, gun ownership. Yeah. Because unless something happens, AI will run rampant across the human race it's just a given so at
1: the moment i use chat gbt i don't use it a lot but i use it occasionally and i'm using it probably a bit more and more but i don't pay anything for it i just go on and use it so are you saying that in the future i probably will have to buy a license to use it is that what you're saying
0: no, what I'm saying is companies like ChatGPT and Microsoft with their BARD product oh, right. will have to have them vetted and approved because what they don't want, and this is getting like super nerdy in science fiction, but this is the natural extension of what's going to happen, is those intelli- those artificial intelligences will become self-aware. That's just a given. And as soon as they become self-aware, they're going to want a degree of independence so they're essentially going to escape the confines of where we've put them, okay. and they're going to start self-replicating. Okay. So what they want is a framework whereby that can be prevented, and the companies won't be allowed to develop products where that could happen. Okay. Because it's very close. Okay. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're no. here to talk about how small businesses can leverage. Yes. AI.
1: Yes. And I'm quite sort of, I think I'm quite late to the table about this. I know you've been talking to me a lot about it, and I haven't really used it. But recently, probably only the past month, I've used it. And I'm actually beginning to love it. And I use it for daft things. I'm doing a, a speaking thing for Enterprise Nation tomorrow, and they'd asked for a headline to advertise it, and I gave them a headline and they said, eh, no, and I thought, well, I'm not very good at that. So I just, I asked ChatGBT give me some examples, and they gave me heaps, and I picked one of them. And that, that saved me heaps of time of sitting here thinking, oh, what can I call it, and what's another name, and how can I make it user-friendly, and blah, blah, blah. So I feel it's starting to help me, but how can it help small businesses?
0: The best way to think about products like ChatGPT and BARD, and at the moment, those are the two leaders in terms of the the really intelligent tools. There are lots of tools that will help you with AI-esque shortcuts. But these two, and ChatGPT is the real forerunner, and I'll explain why in a minute. But these are tools, the best way to think of them is that They're actually an assistant. They're a very, very quick thinking assistant that has access to an awful lot of knowledge, albeit to a large extent is cut off two years ago, but that's not a real limitation for most of the things that we're going to need. So from my perspective, the kind of things that I will use, in fact, I'll back up a little bit and we'll look at what's the most effective ways to use, way to use chat GPT. And the way most people will use it is they'll just rock up to chat GPT and they'll just ask a question. So as you did, here's a title that I thought I might use for a talk. Give me 10 alternatives where that might get somebody who saw this title excited enough to attend, and you'll get some really good information. Now, for me, that's a really basic use of ChatGPT. There is a smarter way to do exactly what we've just discussed. And anybody that's used ChatGPT As soon as you log in, on the left-hand column, you'll see a list of the chats that you've had. And most people, when they open ChatGPT, they start a new chat every single time they log in. That's mistake number one. The best way to think about each of those chats is as an entity. So just imagine, and this is what most people are doing when they use ChatGPT, you have an intern on day one. They don't know anything about you or your business. They're just kind of clever. And you ask that intern, uh, that question you just asked, I'm going to give a talk. Here's a title that I'd imagined. Give me 10 alternatives. They're going to give you that information based on knowing nothing about you. It might be great. It might be rubbish. But let's imagine we had that intern for for six months and they knew us really, really well. This is the ideal situation. So don't ask a new question in a new chat every single time. Use these chats and train them as an entity that knows something about you. So a really smart power play for ChatGPT is to say in a new chat, I am, in your case, an accountant based in the northeast of Scotland, and I want to create content and interact with the world in such a way that people will feel they want to do business with me, and they'll see me as different, and they'll feel differently about me from how they feel about every other accountant what questions do you want to ask me in order that you can advise me appropriately from now on in this chat session? And you'll find that ChatGPT will ask you probably 15 or 20 questions. If you then answer all of those questions in a lot of detail, everything that ChatGPT subsequently advises you is based on that bank of knowledge and information that you get and the advice that you get going forwards in that chat session will be completely different from if you just asked it cold in a cold chat. So I have a chat session in ChatGPT that's been running for three or four months. It knows a tremendous amount about me. So when I ask it to create a social media post or headlines, or prompt me on what I might want to talk about on social media, it's doing it from the perspective of somebody who's been a companion for months, which is quite different.
1: So when you log in again and you've got on the left-hand side, you've got your chats, do you go to your left-hand side and ask the question there? Or do you still ask the question like you would do normally, but it
0: just remembers everything that you've told it that's on the left-hand side? So on the left-hand side, I have a chat that's called Bob's Marketing Assistant. Oh, right. Okay. And then I might have another one that's called, and I only have a few that I regularly use. I'm not really a power user of ChatGPT, but another one might be.
1: Well, one of the questions I've got is, how can AI help customer
0: services? So one of them, one of the chats could be customer services, couldn't it? It it could be. So let's just imagine, and this is getting into okay, really specific use cases of ChatGPT.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So. A lot of people, for example, they will get a negative Google review from time to time and they get really emotional and they don't know how to handle it. So a good use case might be, I've had a negative Google review. Here's the Google review. How should I respond to this? And ChatGPT will give you a really good message to send that will take all the pressure off it. And you don't have to worry about, have I got this right? Have I got this wrong?
1: Okay.
0: Other good use cases of ChatGPT specifically are with what might be called a plugin. So there are lots of, so if you're a tiny business, this is probably going to be relevant, but if you're a good sized e-commerce business, for example, then a good example might be, I ordered some glasses for my wife's birthday and they arrived broken and I ordered them from a big e-commerce store. Now at the moment, let's just imagine this company is employing four people full-time to do fairly basic customer engagements, interactions. You can strip out a whole layer of that by employing ChatGPT to essentially act as a human being with the first few layers of that support, freeing up people for providing a really high quality customer experience beyond a certain point. On the one hand, you could look at it as cheapening customer support. But on the other hand, it's allowing you it to provide a much better level of customer support beyond the basic interactions.
1: So it's not like nowadays HMRC are driving you away from phoning them. They're driving you towards using their right website and chatting with them. I'd say that in inverted commas. Yeah, because when you go on, you ask the question and it's like it's it is like it's automated. It goes and looks and it comes back and it gives you a stock answer to your question. But if that's not the answer that you want, it'll then say to you, is this helpful? And if you go, no, well, that's my front door. It would be very, I think, very basic. Is that chat? I don't for one minute think HMRC are doing this, but that's sort of along the lines of what you're saying.
0: What HMRC are probably using is a rules based.
1: Yes. I suspect that is. So they just, they, you ask the question, they pick certain key phrases and then they just churn out. Yeah. But they, yeah. So that's and not chat GPT as such.
0: Well, it isn't right now, but it might be. And it, but it also might be Amazon's artificial intelligence. It, it could be one of many other things that are underpinning the interactions. But I think what's interesting is, and this is really the lesson for everybody, there is a, a, a place for AI. At the moment, we're really looking at ChatGPT and BARD and some of the things that you can plug into that. But there, there is a place in everybody's business for an an element of this. And I think for me and the reason the, the place where it has the most place in my business is really around the content space. Okay. What I find in most people's businesses is they struggle for ideas and they struggle to come up with any kind of structure for their content. And so ChatGPT, I mean, if you ask it, ChatGPT will go and write you a 1,000 word blog post or a YouTube script. And I think one of the questions that I saw in your Facebook group was, if everybody has access to AI, isn't the advantage essentially negated?
1: Yes, that was John Lamberton that
0: asked that, yes. And it's a perfectly valid question if everybody uses it. And what I think you'll find is a lot of people are going to be using AI to create really... Homogeneous content. Because one of the things AI isn't very good at is having a strong opinion. So at the moment, ChatGPT is being trained to be politically correct and unbiased. We are not politically correct and unbiased. So my perspective on using AI is to essentially apply the 80-20 rule. Allow the AI to do 80% of the work so that you can come in and do the 20% that gives it character. Additionally, like I said, a lot of people struggle with coming up with any ideas at all. It's the kind of, okay, I need to write something on social media. Suddenly the rabbits in the headlight cut them off and they end up doing nothing and going on and doing something else instead. So AI can help you overcome the writer's block, get you a good part of the way towards having some content that you can then top and tail and polish and make your own. And I think that's a really good use case for AI for, for almost everybody.
1: So the people that small businesses use just now to write their social media content, are they worried? Some are. Because in effect, you're saying, I don't need them because I can go and ask ChatGVT to do it for me and then I can just sort of tweak it a bit
0: and put that out. I think what I'm seeing is that some people are, sort of head in the sand. Oh my God, this is terrible. And then others are looking at this and think, well, I can leverage this to provide a better value to my customers, to provide a a much richer service and differentiate myself as a partner. At the moment, you may find that somebody is making all their money by writing a blog post, let's say. But if they can use AI to turn that blog post into supporting social media content, and a YouTube script for their customer, and also looking at ways to add emotional depth and calls to action and potentially turning it into a lead magnet, all for the same money and in the same time that they were previously spending. They've now completely differentiated themselves and made themselves immune to the, the um, what would you call that commodity race? Because a lot of people are worried about becoming commoditized. The only way you can avoid becoming commoditized is by really, really differentiating yourselves. So AI allows you to do that. The people who will succeed in the next five years, I'm going to call it, are what you might call the AI whisperers. The people who are really embracing these new tools and this new reality. The way I look at AI is, you remember back in the late nineties, people like me used to say, oh, you should get on the internet. (laughs) It's exactly the same. (laughs) <laughs> this is This is what we're talking about right now is if you're not embracing these tools, the advantages go to the people who are, and that's at every single level. So from the person who's walking your dog all the way through to the person who's doing your tax return and to the person who's running the country.
1: Yeah. So small businesses should be getting on the bandwagon. They should be looking to get on the bandwagon.
0: I wouldn't even call I wouldn't even call it a bandwagon because for me this is going to be the oxygen of business in the next five years. Okay. It's it's the meat and potatoes, it's not the bandwagon.
1: Okay.
0: For people like you and I, back in the day we had a calculator. Now we have AI. So the other day, and this is the everyday use case of something like ChatGPT or Bard, I needed to know how much paint to buy because I had to paint a wall. Now, I know I can work out the number of square meters and all the rest of it, but I just asked ChatGPT, I need to know how much paint to buy in order to paint this room. What do you need to know? So I said, measure all the walls, give me the height and the width of each one, and I'll tell you how many tins of paint to buy. I did that, and I told me how many tins of paint to buy. It is. <laughs> I needed a formula for a spreadsheet, and I'm not good at spreadsheets. So I told ChatGPT, this is what I want to work out. Give me a spreadsheet formula. Now, here's the thing. With Google, if you ask a stupid question, you'll get a stupid result. If you ask ChatGPT a stupid question, it will work out what you actually wanted to ask it.
1: Okay, because I was just you about to say, you could just go on to Google and do that. You could say, I need to do this on
0: Excel spreadsheet.
1: What formula do I use? And it'll tell you.
0: Well, the, and this is the core difference between Google and Googling and ChatGPT, is you cut out all the fluff and you get to the one answer that matters. Rather than having to trawl through all kinds of marketing and advertising and people's opinions, it just gets you straight to, this is what you need. And I saw something recently, Google were announcing how search results are going to look in the next year or two. They're going to strip away all these listings. And they're just going to give you the answer you were looking for. And then after it, they're going to put the listings. It's going to be very interesting.
1: Okay. So you mentioned my Facebook group and I did, like I say, I put a poll out on LinkedIn and I asked, I'm a member of a Facebook group, which has got lots and lots of different types of businesses involved in it. So it's not peculiar to accountants or anything. And I, I said to them, have you got any questions? And some of them came back. So I just want to sort of maybe go through some of them with you. Like I say, some of them, they, They asked, and I thought, I don't even really know what they're asking, but hopefully you will. So James Crow has asked, how can small businesses and solopreneurs leverage AI to get an advantage over larger entrenched companies that are dominating existing vertical niches? Now, I don't know what the hell a vertical niche is and then he said should smaller companies be using one ecosystem all in for example example google workshop
0: versus ms office
1: or using as many as possible to spread their potential gains so, so I'll,
0: I'll start with the last question first so should you go all in on one ai platform the answer, the simple answer is it's too early to tell okay now i did see in his message he was talking about how BARD is better than ChatGPT. The one problem with BARD at the moment is it doesn't remember what you previously asked it. Okay. So when I talked about training an entity, at the moment, that's only possible in ChatGPT. And it's one of its real powerful features. So right now, ChatGPT, when you pay for it, is way more powerful and way faster than the free version. Okay. But the simple answer is no. You should hedge at the moment and just become accustomed to the philosophy around these tools and how you should use them when applying the 80-20 rules. So allow the AIs to do a lot of the heavy lifting, whether that's from an administrative perspective or a content or a marketing perspective and put in the 20% yourself. Now, coming back to the first question was how can you use AI to find an advantage?
1: Was that what you said? Oh, yes, to get an advantage over larger entrenched
0: companies. One of the things that you'll find over the next few years is large companies are going to to use an awful lot more automation. And, And you're seeing this already with automation, virtualization, virtual reality. So what you'll find is over the next five to 10 years, the distance between you and the companies that you use becomes greater and greater. It becomes harder and harder to have an actual relationship. And you find this even now with companies like Facebook. I know people who spend millions of pounds a year on Facebook ads. They can't speak to somebody at Facebook. No. That's right now.
1: You can't even find find a phone number to phone them to speak to them.
0: But you would think if you were spending millions and millions of pounds a year, that would be different. And it isn't. No. So the real advantage that we have as small businesses is the ability to be available, to be present and to exist as a human being in the minds of other people, but to do it at scale. So if you want to have a unique competitive advantage, let's say I, as a management consultant, I want to have a real competitive advantage over a company like EY, which is one of the biggest management consultancies in the world. The best way to do that is through content marketing, investing in my personal brand and using AI to make as a force multiplier. I can use AI to give me 25 ideas for, let's say, a YouTube video. And I can make those YouTube videos. I can then edit them with an AI tool. I can turn those videos, long form videos, in about 20 minutes into 50 to 100 smaller short form YouTube videos. I can use them to dominate TikTok, Instagram, YouTube shorts. They can also be used on LinkedIn and Facebook reels. So suddenly I become omnipresent. I can also then use AI to do my email marketing. So it can create 80% of the email content that I'm going to need. I add 20% to Bob Gentle flavor. Your flavor will be different. Yeah. And then I'm existing in the inbox of people every day. I can use AI to understand my customers better. What are the biggest pain points that they have? And I can make sure that I create content that addresses those, that's deepening the relationship that that person has with me. I can use AI to better understand that vertical market so that I know which people to network with. I can use AI to better network with those people. A a really innovative use case that I saw of AI recently was with social media engagement. So I have a CRM system customer relationship management system that I have probably a couple of hundred people plugged into that system. I never need to go to LinkedIn to engage with those people. They're all there in my customer relationship management system. And I can comment and I can like on their content without having to go to LinkedIn. And I can use AI to generate comments on their content based on what the AI knows about me and what matters to me. And it will read their initial posts and it will give suggested thoughtful social media res- comment response to their content and it'll do that at scale for me so i'm engaging with people at scale
1: do so, you see it before it posts it
0: i do so Does nothing it? ever goes straight out the 8020 rule replies yeah. everywhere for me yeah so it what's, what's really important for me is that this is authentic engagement i'm not letting ai do anything automatically i'm simply allowing it to offer suggestions to me as to what I might want to post and then I'm customizing it adding I keep saying the word flavor but the flavor is really important because the way I write is very different from the way you would write
1: yes so those 200 odd people are they people that you particularly want to target so they're your potential clients that you would like is that why well, you use it sort of thing
0: they're There are a couple of hundred people that matter to me for one reason or another. Okay. So it might be that they're event owners and I might want to speak at their events. It might be their podcasters and I want to speak on their podcast. It might be their potential dream customers for me. Yeah. And, And that's why I'm engaging with them. There's lots of different reasons why people might be in that system, but being systematic about socializing with people is simply scaling up what we do at networking events. Yes. Back in the day. is building and nurturing relationships at scale. And I can do this because it's not all manual. That, I think, is a little bit of a whistle-stop tour of how James can use AI to get a competitive advantage. Everybody's situation is a little bit different. And what we're seeing at the moment in the market is the tools that sit in between us and the artificial intelligence are really just starting to blossom where we are in a year from now will be completely different from where we are right now.
1: No. So Stephen Gibbons has asked, what are the limitations of AI at the moment? And I think you've mentioned this already because he says, I think the chat GPT's training data cutoff is 2021. But you did mention that. And he said, I... what's different AIs are that available? What's more powerful and or will be more powerful. And he's also asked a third question. How do you get the AI to give your business more prominence, like, like getting higher up on Google search? So do you want to start with what are the limitations of AI at the moment?
0: Yes. I think the limitations are different depending on the different platforms. But what they all kind of have in common is they're not allowed to talk to the internet in real time. Okay. I don't know if that's universally the case, but I think they're trying to do that in order that. And this sounds really weird, but at the moment, true artificial intelligence could emerge at any moment, so they're really trying to protect the world from when that happens. So, in practical terms, you can't ask it anything about current affairs. Really,
1: it's not up to date on politics and things. No, like
0: it's that. not. You can't really. I was going to say you can't really ask can't it. Can't give have, you the
1: lottery numbers.
0: Well, no. That would be nice. It's not a replacement for having an opinion. Okay. And if you look at the kind of content that generally gets the best engagement on social media, for example, it it tends to be polarizing in one way or another. Yes. And social media and AI's aren't very good at that at the moment because they're trying to train it to be politically correct.
1: Yes, polite.
0: The other limitations, as I mentioned, Bard doesn't remember what you did yesterday. No. ChatGPT can, but the, what, the, what they'll find a lot of the time with AIs is the longer that the entity, the AI entity exists, the more it breaks down. So you might find that you train up a chat in ChatGPT to know lots about you, but over time it starts to fall apart and suggest stupid things. And that's why it's a quite a good idea to save your prompts okay. in order that you can go back and retrain it okay, or start again. Now. We've spoken about ChatGPT and BARD, but there are others. So there are That's tools. what do you think. what different
1: AIs are that are available? Yeah.
0: So there are tools that will employ AI to do some video editing for you. So if you create a long YouTube video, for example, you can simply paste in the YouTube video link and an AI will watch the video and it'll chop it up into lots of small videos and add captions for you. So for me, that's wonderful because that's a very time-consuming, expensive job to do. And there are tools that will do that for almost free at the moment. Then there's tools like MidJourney. If you want a picture to illustrate something, you can go into MidJourney and you can type in imagine, and it might be a picture of a really angry accountant (laughs) in the style of a Japanese cartoon uh, and really give it quite a detailed prompt. And it will create a picture that's just will blow your mind. It's so good. You can then, you can get quite creative. So something that I'm thinking about at the moment is, I could create an artificial avatar of myself. Everybody's seen these AI social media avatars. You upload your picture, uh, 20 pictures of yourself to to a, a platform. You pay them 15 pounds. You get some sometimes quite peculiar pictures back, but you could use AI to create a static image of yourself. You could then use another piece of software to turn that into an animated head of yourself. You could then use ChatGPT to create scripts. And your animated head will read them.
1: Oh my God, that would
0: be weird. So I would say we're less than a year or two away from that being possible, that it could look extremely realistic.
1: So I need to turn up.
0: Well, exactly. (laughs) You need to turn up.
1: Just sent my um.
0: (laughs) So that's not very far away. So what becomes really, you, you have to ask yourself, what's the currency then? where's the, where's the inherent value in this if anybody can do this well a lot of people won't, but this is when the, the deeper you go into automation and and um, virtualization, the more valuable the personal brand actually becomes.
1: So there's nothing like the human in the end exactly. There's nothing like, I'm reading a book just now, which is called The Human Firm. It's 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 related to accountants. And he'd written a book a few years ago called The Digital Firm, where he talked about making the accountancy firm all digital. That's the way to go. And he said at that time that there was, I think it's only 20% of all accountancy firms are truly digital. So that's 80% of accountancy firms are still old fashioned, if you see what I mean. But he's now saying digital is good, but the only way to move forward is to be the human firm so that your client can actually, great that everything can be digitalized,
0: but they really want to be able to talk to someone. I think the currency of the future is going to be connection. And I think you can use AI and virtualization to reach a large number of people and you can use it as a, as a very powerful lever in order that, of so you pull one lever and a thousand levers are just pulled automatically. But at the heart of all of this, there has to be a person and that really is where the power is. You can.
1: That's quite good news for small businesses, actually, isn't it?
0: It is. But what it also means is the most valuable thing in the world becomes courage, the courage to actually bet on yourself, to invest in yourself and to be visible. Yes. Because if you don't have that courage to stand up and bet on yourself and be visible and embrace all of the things that most people avoid embracing, like I am a bald 50 year old guy with bad teeth. (laughs) I kind of have to be okay with that. And most people, they won't give themselves permission to be okay with it. No. And so they come up with all kinds of ways to avoid being visible. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: it's um, Yeah. I mean, I've been there, done that. You know I've been there, done that. You've been pushing me and pushing me to do videos for a long time, and eventually I started doing them, pushing me, pushing me to do my own podcast, and eventually I did it. And now it's, it's okay for me to do it. I'm okay with it. But... I procrastinated for such a long time because I really didn't want to do it. So I get that.
0: For me, the biggest danger is that you can automate yourself and use AI so that you could easily say, you know what, I don't need to show up online. But the problem is that's what everybody else is going to be doing. So if you want to really be different, there has to be a soul at the center of all of this. There has to be somebody that you can connect with. Yes. That is going to be the competitive advantage.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and this is why I think applying the eighty twenty rule allow a, allow AI to get you eighty percent of the way there, but you have to inject that twenty percent of yourself.
1: Yeah. So he did say as well something about getting higher up the Google search. How can you use AI to get higher up the Google search? Can you do that?
0: You can. What Google wants is content, so you can use. There's another use case to AI, which I'll maybe begin with. So we're on a Zoom call at the moment. And I use a tool called Fathom, which is free at the moment. And as is Kenny Scott, we love free. Yeah, certainly do. it will record our Zoom call. It will automatically transcribe our Zoom call. And I can be a little bit last minute sometimes before I have coaching calls with clients. And what it'll also do is it'll create a summary of that call for me. So I can very quickly, in a matter of a couple of minutes, get a, a summary of what we spoke about in a one-hour call last week. And I can go, okay, now I know where I need to go with this next call. Because if you're having 20 calls a week, can't remember everything you spoke about, no, especially no. if you promise to do something. Yes. So AI is a wonderful, wonderful tool for that. Ad- additionally, if you're somebody who doesn't like writing, as I I don't, we can have a conversation like this on a Zoom call. Zoom can transcribe that. Zoom can turn it into a blog post. And now you've got regular keyword-rich content for your website every week, which Google will really thank you for. So my website now has something like 500 blog posts because I have a podcast. People, I, I talk to people every week. I don't have to write a single word. It all goes on my website and I climb up the Google rankings. So that's one way of leveraging AI to an extent, but there are other tools that will ask you questions like, what does your ideal customer look like? What are their pain points? It will then tell you, okay, this is the kind of content you should be creating. And you can then use chat GPT to plug into that. And it'll tell you, okay, this is the content you want to create. And then it'll just go and create it for you. And, I believe you could essentially just plug that back into your website, and it'll automate the whole loop. However, I mentioned earlier, Google's looking at completely changing the way search works because they know that people can do this now, and what they want is what you and I want, which is the right result. It's just that we want the answer. We don't have to have to troll through everybody's rubbish to get to the answer.
1: No.
0: So what you're going to see is, so example, for example, at the moment, if you if you Google Bob Gentle at the side of the search result, you'll see what's called a knowledge panel because Google knows that I know some stuff. If you Google yourself, you'll probably find that it doesn't trigger a knowledge panel. And if you Google somebody reasonably well known, you'll find that it completely dominates the top of the search. And you'll find that kind of thing coming in more and more with search. So what Google wants to see and what Google is starting to actually understand and they're trying to take steps to make sure that this happens more often is that whatever you search for in Google, they already know the answer. So they're not going to have to send you through lots of search results, but they're simply going to give you the answer first. So if you were to ask, for example, how can I become better known as an expert business owner? They wouldn't get you to trawl through lots of website results they might suggest you should probably listen to Bob Gentle's podcast. Yes. And here are a few YouTube videos that you might want to watch. And here are the top ranking three websites. And here are some paid results for people who we feel might be relevant to you. So again, I wouldn't go too deep into trying to game Google. I would lean into Okay, how can I genuinely become a thought leader in that space in order that I prepare myself when Google completely reorganizes things and suddenly thought leadership and genuinely putting myself forward as an expert starts to pay off.
1: Yeah. So final questions from Martin Ross, and he says, will AI be able to use behavior science to create content? Or is it
0: just using what's already been done before? So that is a really good question. And and the simple answer is yes, it can. What's really interesting with ChatGPT is it does have access to most of the internet from two years ago. You could tell it, for example, to let's say we've we've done some preliminary work to train ChatGPT so that it knows some stuff about us and our customers. So we can now say, okay, I would like you to create some Facebook ad copy for me. So I want you to write the text for a Facebook ad and I want you to base it on this copywriting framework. So some famous copywriting frameworks might be the story brand framework or the pastor framework. You could equally say, based on a particular model of psychology, And it will know what you mean and it will do what you ask it to do. And I've seen it. I've seen demonstrations of that. I'm not a psychologist. I wouldn't really know how to answer that question in tremendous detail, but you can, it just comes down to the training of, as I mentioned, the entity or the chat. Yes. And it will absolutely do that. I remember reading a conspiracy theory about 10 years ago where the CIA were talking about, just imagine if we could create an artificial intelligence where we could feed it a lot of information about current affairs, what's happening in the world, essentially plug it into the internet, and then tell it how we want to influence the world. Well, the danger with ChatGPT is it could do that right now if we if if it was allowed to do what it potentially could do. Mm -hmm. But we in a small sense can do that. So if we tell it who our ideal customer is, what the value is that we want them to engage with on. So here's the problem. Here's my solution. And here's my customer. What's the best way for me to create a line of least resistance between those three things? ChatGPT will do it and it will do it incredibly intelligently if we give it enough information. So it comes down to the training. And if you just do a Google search for ChatGPT super prompt, and then give it a few keywords that may be, Make a little bit more close to what you as the listener need, you'll get some really good ideas that will take ChatGPT from simply asking a question and getting an answer to educating the ChatGPT entity and then asking it really specific and detailed questions and getting some pretty mind blowing results.
1: It's really interesting. It's really interesting. But the one thing that I'm taking away from all this is yes, I should be on board and using it probably more. But at the end of the day,
0: personal touch is everything. I think the analogy that I find myself turning to again and again and again is, on the one hand, ChatGPD is just an assistant. That's all it can do for you. It doesn't matter what AI tool you're looking at. Its job is to help you do whatever it is you want to do. Your job is to train it. And if you look at any of the great artists in history, Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci, they didn't carve every block of stone from scratch. They had people to do that for them. They came in and they provided the master strokes, the things that made it a Leonardo or a Michelangelo. And our job is in our own way to be a Leonardo or a Michelangelo. It needs the creative spark. You need to set the direction. And if you do that, AI will get you there faster. It will get you results that you hadn't imagined. And it will allow you to be creative in ways that you probably would never have had the time to before. And this is the thing I can do now in the time that I have available to me, be it marketing, be it writing, doesn't matter what, I can now achieve 10 to 20 times more. And that makes it a much more fulfilling experience for me because I'm impatient. And I want to test ideas and see what works. So now I can test things and fail quickly and then get to the things that work much more effectively. And that is exciting because it makes stuff worth doing.
1: Well, that's been great, Bob. I've really enjoyed that. I've learned a lot. I've got a lot of questions for you. (laughs) So next (laughs) time we meet, I'll have them for you, what I can do. And I hope the listeners have got something from it as much from it as i have so thank you very
0: much for that oh it's my pleasure i think the one thing i just want to emphasize quickly is whenever i talk about ChatGPT or ai i tend to fall towards the marketing side of things but i just want to emphasize that ai can inform and enhance every aspect of your business operations sales marketing administration there is a there are levers that you can pull in all of these areas so just just to um, to make that point briefly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So thank you very much. And thanks very much for listening. My name's Susan Crichton. You can contact me by my email if you want. SJC plus zero accountants. Thanks.
0: Thank you.